0: Thank you, Lord God. I still am amazed, probably shouldn't be how the Lord coordinates things. Um, Probably goes without saying, but I will anyway. Brother Clark had no idea what I was ministering on today. And the songs he sang... Are and some of them are almost direct quotes from the scriptures I'm, I'm using, and so I thank the Lord for how He weaves things together. Bless the Lord God. Turn with me, please, to Hebrews chapter 13. Uh, I want to go ahead and start just reading it, uh, verse 1 through verse 8. First. <clears throat> Hebrews 13 verse 1, let brotherly love continue, be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for whereby some have entertained angels unawares, remember that you are and uh, those that are on bonds as with them, and them that suffer adversity as being yourselves also in the body, marriage is honorable, and all in in the bed undefiled, but whoremongers and adulterers, God will judge. I want to light there just a little bit. The world is absolutely bent on destroying God's marriage, His ordained marriage. In every way possible, He's trying to redefine it, except you can't redefine what God defined. His word is forever the same. It does not change. It does not alter. He doesn't put asterisks by it. You know what I mean? An asterisk saying, well, this is, in certain cases... the world has taken the sanctity of marriage, the, the joining and the oneness that God started with Adam and Eve and the two shall become one flesh. And he's, try, and he's trying to totally redefine all that because see the family is a God-given unit. And he wants to destroy that unit. Anything God has purposed, he's against. Well, so he tries to pervert it with uh, adultery and fornication and all of these things. But it says the bed is undefiled. The marriage bed is undefiled. It's not... um, It's not Dirty is not filthy. It's undefiled. The word, the definition of undefiled is is pure. Can you hear that, please? Coming together in the bond of marriage is God ordained and it is pure. All right. Blessed be His name. Let's continue. Verse five. let your conversation let your behavior be without covetousness or without love of money and, he, and be content with such the things that you have for he has said i will never leave you nor forsake thee hallelujah, hallelujah. so that we can boldly say the lord is my helper I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Remember them which have rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follows considering the end of their conversation or their behavior or mode of life. Basically what it's saying there is the ministry needs to live what they say. Well, it's still the truth. I love this. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, forever. Yesterday, today, forever. Blessed be his holy name. Let's go back up to verse 5. Out of the Amplified. Let your character and moral disposition be free from the love of money including greed, avarice, lust, and craving for earthly possessions. And be satisfied with with your present circumstances and with what you have. For he, God, himself has said, I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. I will not, I will not, I will not, in any degree, leave you helpless nor forsaken, or, nor let you down, relax my hold on you, assuredly not. In the original, it is a triple negative. And we say it with a double negative, then that cancels out. God just takes our glam- grammar and says, I, wanna, I want you to realize this I will not, I will not. I will not. What, you, what don't you understand about I will not? Blessed be his name. His purpose never changes. He's, will, he will have a people that will glorify his name. Not just with their mouth, but with their lives. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He says, not everyone that says, Lord, Lord, really knows me. Well, blessed be his name. He will not relax his hold on you. I'm thankful for that. There may be times in our lives we wish you would relax his hold on us. Well... Amen or O oh me. But because what we're doing is not what He's doing. Well, there have been times in my life where I have not been doing what He was doing. But He graciously did not let go of me. Well, thank you, Lord. First Corinthians 13:8 again all the amplified love never fails never f- fades out or becomes obsolete or comes to an end love agape his love god's love never fails never fades Let me just say it simply this way. He loved you before you knew him, before you loved him. His love is there. Even when you were a sinner, he loved you. God so loved the world. He didn't say God so loved the saints. He said the world. All that composed of the world and gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believe in him shall not perish, he doesn't want man to perish. We can choose to do that, but that's not his choice. Can you hear that? I know that's very simplistic, very, you know, elementary, but the reality is he doesn't want anyone to perish. Well, let's continue. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Oswald Chamber tells us, not for any reason, not my sin, my selfishness, stubbornness, nor waywardness. Hmm. Has this really sunk into you, into your being? He will never leave you in the midst of your difficulties or your drudgery of life even when they are self-inflicted. If we could only have spiritual eyes to know in the midst of our mess his hands are outstretched. Outstretched. Turn to me come to me. Your sin, even being horrific to him, is not greater than what he can heal, what he can forgive, what he, what he can cleanse and make whiter than snow. See, so the enemy tells you, you've gone too far. This, is, this attitude that you have that you you deserve to have that, hang on to it because he knows it's killing you. Well, that is the truth. When we're walking in things contrary to the word of God, it kills us. It takes life from us. So you have a choice. I put before you... A choice, life and death, blessing and cursing. And he gives us the answer, choose life. Choose life. Hallelujah. In Deuteronomy 31, verse 6, it says, Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you he won't leave you nor forsake you now that in the book of Deuteronomy it, Moses dictates all this all that the history of Israel from Egypt to going into the promised land and he was they were on this side of the Jordan and God the uh, Lord said you can't go into the promised land because you disobeyed me but I'm not going to write you off. But you, Your disobedience caused the people to not sanctify me. That's what it really says there. And hold me in, uh, in uh, awe. Because, see, he did what he knew worked before. He struck the rock instead of speaking to it. Too often... We rely on the, ways, the way God did it in the past because we knew that worked. But when he says, do it, don't strike it, but speak. But Lord, you know, I, I, I know you'll answer if I strike the rock. But the, see, the rock was Christ. And Christ will only be struck once. Speak to it. The power of life and death is in our tongue. Speak life. Speak authority to the situation. Speak healing to it. Speak release to it. Speak deliverance to it. Blessed be your holy name, O God. See, don't be afraid of them. See, they're, they're poised to go into the promised land. And Joshua was going to take them into the promised land. But as, as they crossed the Jordan, which is a picture of death, he said, uh, circumcise the um, men of Israel again. For the 40, in the 40 years, none of them had been circumcised. He said for them to be able to go into the promised land, they have to be circumcised. They have to bear the mark of the covenant. Can you hear me, please? Well, the kingdom of God is our promised land. According to Romans 6 and Galatians uh, 3 and Colossians two, in order to enter the kingdom of God, we must be circumcised of heart. The new mark of the new covenant. Amen. Amen. If we want to enter into the kingdom of God, our heart must be circumcised. That was just a sidelight, but He said, Do not be afraid of them. And the Lord quickened to him and he said, Tell them who they were afraid of. There was all sorts of ites in the land. Most of them coming from, from Canaan. The Canaanites, uh, he was the fourth son of Ham. Noah's son. He was the one that was, uh, that he cursed because of what he did. But the word Canaanite means a merchant or a trader. It also means lowland. The root of the word means to be humble or subdue. It means to be inferior. Now the enemy wants to take all these ites and try to inflict them upon us. Try to tell us that we're inferior. That we can't we can't um, live up to God's promises. We can't live up to the, uh, entering into the kingdom of God. You're just, you're just not good enough. You're inferior. Blessed Jesus. That's something, if the truth be told, I've battled most of my life. Never thought I was good enough. And that's what really scared me, which is part of the, another one, fear of becoming pastor. You understand that, see, I knew the weight of the ministry. And I said, Lord, I don't know that I have it within me to do that. but he wouldn't let me alone. Anybody understand what I'm talking about? The call of God is greater than your inferior inferiority. And doing it in his name takes care of all the ina- inabilities in your life. Well, blessed be his name. The Hittites... They mean terror. And it's to be afraid. Fear will stop you from doing God's will. Again, these are all the things the enemy wants to apply to our lives to keep us from living up to what God has purposed for us. Anybody say amen on that? He is our enemy. And he doesn't want us, his enemy, to flourish. Because he knows if we are walking and applying the word of God within our lives, we have authority over him. In the name of Jesus Christ. Well, blessed be his name. The Hivites... I get an descendant of Canaan, it means villager, it means to, to tell, show, or to make known. It's an, an accuser or gossip, which is rooted in jealousy. The world, when, uh, when people think that you're getting ahead or that somebody's getting ahead of them, jealousy rises up. And they try to tear that person down to ruin their reputation, whatever the case may be, so they won't so they can they think if I can destroy them, I can I should have that place anyhow. Well, that's still the truth. Jealousy. I can sing as good as the ones on the platform singing. How come Brother Clark doesn't ask me to come and sing there, because you're doing it for the wrong reason. You're wanting to be seen instead of him being heard. Can you understand what I'm saying? Jealousy is ugly. The parasites means belonging to a village. It means unwalled. A villi- the villages were unwalled. They're not a city. Cities were, had walls. Villages had no walls. It's no protection. God is our protection. The name of the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous run in and are safe you don't need walls you have the angels of the Lord encamped round about you for those that fear him and obey him we have our our own secret service protecting us well we don't need dozens all we need is one Blessed Lord Jesus. The Gergeshites means pride. Or, excuse me, it means ignorance. I'm sorry. Sometimes people use ignorance as an excuse. the word of God tells us when we stand before him, we will be without excuse. If you're ignorant of the word of God, read it. Study it. Find out what he says about you, what he says for you, and what he's purposed for you. Don't just be ignorant. And part of that is being lazy. Well, amen, Brother Junk. Don't use ignorance as an excuse. See, that's one of the easiest things to correct. Fill your heart with the Word of God. The Amorites, the Highlanders, basically rooted in pride. Oh, my God. There is, pride is an ugly sin, thinking more highly of themselves than they ought, exalting ourselves over other men and women of God. Pride will also keep you from admitting there's something going on in your life. See, because I have this reputation and I have this reputation of nothing ever goes wrong in my life. And the reality is there's this and that and this over here. Maybe You may be coming unglued, but you've got that um, there's nothing wrong. God help us. We all have times when we need our hands lifted up. So lift up the... Hang, hang down. Strengthen the feeble knees. And it's pride that will keep us from admitting that we need anything. Or we need anybody to stand beside us. Another one is the Jebusites. It means rejection. The enemy likes to use that a lot. Because he tells us, you've done this thing that you've done. It's, it's, God can't forgive that. He's rejected you. Or sometimes we reject ourselves. I'm not good enough. I'll never lived up to it. I'll never live up to that standard. Again, I think it's based on laziness because you do not want to apply what you need to to be acceptable. It's because God. If you resist him, he can't. We we have to give permission to him to work in our lives. He won't force himself on us. The Holy Spirit will not force himself on us. He will bring conviction, but you have to say yes to the conviction. Understand what I'm saying? when you feel rejected it's a lie from the enemy when any of these enemies that are prevalent in the land because again the enemy doesn't want us to lay hold of the kingdom of God our promised land so he brings all these side issues to try to keep us from flourishing in the kingdom of God well that's the truth verse 6 out of the Weymouth translation so that we we fearlessly say the Lord is my helper I will not be afraid of what can man do to me see the thing that the enemy does he doesn't come and confront us. He uses people to do it. If I confess the Lord Jesus Christ at work, what will they think of me? If I read my Bible during lunchtime, what will they think of me? Well, you're super religious and so forth. I didn't say beat them over her head with it, but spend some time with him. Like Glydell, she goes out in the car takes her lawn chair and reads out in the parking lot and they know her witness. They know her witness by her lifestyle unless you read his word, you won't have a lifestyle that bears his name. Well, because how, if you don't read his word, how do you know that he keeps his word? Keeps his promises. If you don't know what he's promised you, how can you know he keeps it? How can you be thrilled by the fact that God did what he said he was going to do. Well, he's my helper. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Blessed be his name. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. That word denotes that it's a divinely appointed time, a favorable time. There are times in God. It's The word is keros, um, and the word keros is an appointed time by God. It's a time when He. Has desi- des- desired and desires to meet with you. Well, blessed Jesus. Therefore, brother, ha- having boldness to enter in the holies by the blood of Jesus, um, blood of Jesus. Under the old covenant, brother Clark alluded to that this morning too we didn't have access to the presence of God. Once a year, the high priest could go in the Holy of Holies. But the veil that was rent, even Jesus' flesh, opened up direct entrance into the Holy of Holies, direct access to God, to the Lord God Almighty. Who never leaves us or forsakes us. Never fails us. I will not, I will not, I will not let you go. Blessed Jesus. Won't leave you helpless or forsake you. Verse 7. Remember your leaders and superiors in authority. For it is they who brought you the word of God, observed attentively and considered their manner of living, the outcome of their well-spent lives. Let me break this to you. People are looking at you. They know who you are and they're looking at you. Some of them are half hoping that you fail, and the other half are hoping that it's true, that they can, that that gives them hope to be able to trust God like you do. Hope that it's true. Thank you. Hope that it's true. well, People are looking at you. How well are you bearing his name? I'm not trying to be critical. I'm just laying the facts out. You are a witness for him. What kind of witness are you? Blessed Jesus. And uh, they uh, are looking at them and imitate their faith, their conviction that God exists as the center and ruler of all things, the provider and bestower of eternal salvation through Christ. And they're leaning entirely, their entire human personality on, on God in absolute trust and confidence in his power, wisdom, and goodness. That's a That's a a great truth-filled uh, translation. First Thessalonians five twelve. We urge you, brethren, to recognize those who labor among you, and are over you in the Lord, and admonish you, and to esteem them very highly, in love, for their work's sake. Be at peace among yourselves. Be at peace among yourselves. Don't let the enemy sow strife between us. There's nothing so important that would, we should give up the love one for another. No hurt feeling, no dejection, no anything is worth Allowing the enemy come and destroy relationships. Let we start off with, "Let brother the love continue. Blessed be his name. Turn to Matthew chapter 25, starting at verse 14 looking at a parable. I love this. Throughout the book of Matthew, he begins his, his parables with this phrase, for the kingdom of God is like unto, or the kingdom of heaven, excuse me. He only uses God once in the book of, because it's, again, written to the Jews, and they held the, God, the name of God in such esteem that they didn't even use it. So the kingdom of heaven is like unto. Every time he says that, he's pulling the curtain back a little bit on his kingdom. Which is our promised land. Hallelujah. That's his purpose for us. The kingdom of heaven is like unto a man traveling into a far country who called his own bond servants and, and delivered unto them his goods unto one he gave 5 talents to another he gave 2 and another one according to their several abilities listen to the wisdom there he didn't give them more than what they could handle we need to hear that we need to get that in our spirit he won't give unto you more than you can handle more than you can bear My God. If we'll realize the fact that He loves us enough just to give us enough that we can already take care of. Instead of getting afraid of that, instead of getting inferior and saying, well, He's asking too much of me. No, he's not. He knows exactly what you can do, and He wants to prove to you that you can do it. And you can carry out his word. Well, he gave them a talent. He gave them a sum of money. and said, invest it. Do something with it. He's given you a, a word of the Lord in your life. Now do something with it. One took the five and got five more. The other took the two and got two more. And one took the one and and hid it in the earth. Hid it in himself. Didn't use the word of the Lord in his life. Didn't use the revelation that God had given of himself to them. He hid it in himself. Let's continue reading here. Drop down a little bit. Verse 19. After a long time, the Lord of these servants, bond servants, came and reckoned with them. They were to give him account for what he had given them. The one received five, added five more to it. And the Lord said that thou hast delivered the five talents, I've uh, gained five and here, the, here it is. And the Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of thy Lord. He gave him what he knew he could handle. What? Investment has God given you. That He knows you can handle, and what are you doing with it? it says, "Well done, good and faithful servant." Let's continue here. Twenty-one. said, "Well done, a good and faithful servant." I'll give you a few things, but I will make you ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. He said, in my kingdom. See, too often we forget that when the new Jerusalem comes down, there's a thousand-year millennial reign where we rule and reign with him. And according to what we have done here is what we will do there well done good and faithful you've been faithful over a little and I'll make you ruler over much I don't know what all the facets of that is but I just believe his word it's something great glorious I don't have to know well let's see if I do all this what's my payback how much interest do I get on it? How much authority do I have? Whatever he can trust you with. Whatever has been worked within your life. Well, same with the with the two. The two became four. Same results. Well done, thy good and faithful servant. Enter thou into the joys of thy Lord. You've been faithful over little, I'll give you over much. Now he didn't do as much return as the other one but he doubled it just like the other one did. So see, it's not a matter of attaining to some goal you have, it's attaining to his goal. Understand what I'm saying? See, I might not be able to to attain to what the level of Clark has attained to but I'm he doesn't require what Clark's of me what Clark he's given to Clark understand he's only requiring me what he's given to me and if I'm faithful with a little bit he's given me I'll rule and reign with him to him that overcomes I grant to sit with me in my throne well, blessed be his name. And then the one with one talent took and hid it in the earth. This paraphrasing and says, why didn't you give it to the bank and get interest on in it? It said, I was afraid. Key to inactivity. I was afraid. As long as fear rules your being, you will never accomplish anything. Even in the natural or the spiritual. Well, blessed Jesus. He said, take the the one talent and give it to the one that now has ten. That seems unfair. The one with ten has already proved that he's capable why would you invest in someone who's not capable but the Lord knew that he was capable of holding, doing one talent he just failed to do so because he was afraid, didn't think he had, had it within him didn't trust the Lord's word in his life verse 8 Jesus Christ the same yesterday today forever. Um, excuse me, Hebrews 13, I'm sorry. James 1 17 says, be of good, uh, with every good endowment or good gift and every complete gift comes down from above from the Father of all lights, with whom there is never the slightest variation or shadow of of inconsistency oh my God I am the Lord thy God I change not Revelation 1.8 I am the Alpha and the Omega the beginning and the end says the Lord who is who was who is to come the Almighty I am the God I do not change I am ever faithful I am the God who is who was and is to come for I have
1: kept you
0: even when you were running as hard as you could away from me, I kept you. I purposed you. You were in accidents where you should have been terribly hurt or killed, and I kept you. That's who I was. Who I am now is the one that says, I love you. I want you to be and realize you're in my hand and nothing can take you out of my hand except you. He has a purpose and a desire for you that's far greater than your wildest dreams. I have preserved you. I've kept you time and time again. I've rescued you even when you didn't want to be rescued. You've run hard away from me. Now run as heart into me. And I will hold you. And I will purpose you. And give you the desire of my heart for you. For my love for you has never diminished. I gave myself for you. And purposed you. And ordained you. From the beginning of the foundation of the earth, you are mine, you are mine, you are mine and that's who he is to come. Blessed Jesus, let's stand please. All that he has said to you and for you he is faithful he hasn't changed his mind even the things where he has promised and that we have been less and faithful and walking in them he has not changed his mind
1: You have something you want to say? I was wrestling whether or not I was going to say something, and then he points to you. That I guess you have to say it. What it is? <clears throat> A couple of things I wanted to point out, which were awesome. And that is the same admonition was given to the one with five than the one with two. Or I should say, the one with ten, one with four, right? Same admonition. Exact. Word for word. So just because he mentioned, just because maybe you don't have all that is given to whomever else, when we take and utilize and and multiply that, the talents that God has given us, we'll receive the same admonition, even with someone who has been given more. But more importantly, I want to to point out here is that Pastor already demonstrated that our kingdom, or excuse me, our Canaan. Is the kingdom of God. And the Lord had, just like with the, the, all the ites, the Lord had gone before and prepared the way. He'd gone before it and prepared the way. Just like with us, He has gone before and prepared the way for us to enter into His kingdom. And I just wanted to summarize those seven things that were driven out inferiority, fear, gossip, ignorance, pride, rejection, no, and no protection. These are the things that would prevent us from being able to take hold of all that He has for us. And these are the things that have already been driven out. It's not a matter of, oh, I hope He will do it, or if He likes me, or if I'm, if I'm good enough, He might be able to do it for me. But He's already been done. He said it's finished. The work has been completed. The only way that these things are active in our lives is when we allow them and give them ground. Just like with the children of Israel, the reason why they were not able to partake and take hold of that land when they initially were supposed to is because they looked and they saw with their own eyes and their, their natural eyes and said, these look like we're grasshoppers in their sight. They were looking at things from their perspective and not the Lord's. So we have to learn from that and do the same thing. And we, the Lord's already driven out your inferiority complex. He's already driven out all that gossip that may have been said about you. He's already driven out that pride that is there that is going to cause you to fall. He's already driven out that rejection that you've experienced. Maybe by those that you love the most. He's already driven out that ignorance that we have, those ignorant thoughts that we think about ourselves and the, the ignorance that we have in our lives. He's driven out the lack of a protection that we have. Maybe by exposure and choices of ourselves and our choosing. And he's driven out the fear of what's next. The fear of all these things. Grateful that he's already driven that out so we can partake of our own land. Father, we thank you, Lord, for these words and we ask that you would just cause them to take root in our lives. Lord, that it would bear your fruit. Lord, that we wouldn't go out here and be all excited about it, but Lord, that the cares of this world would steal it away. But Lord, it would take wor- root and bear your fruit because we know that it's good seed. And Lord, we ask that it would fall into our hearts as good ground. We thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing and working in our lives. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. There's a group of us that are going out to, down to Southgate, which is Daniel, who is one of Faith's friends that comes to church all the time. His parents have a Chinese restaurant down there, and so there's a group of us that are going down there today, um, and would want to invite you if you want to come just because I think it would be awesome for a big group of us to be able to show up and let them know, hey, by the way, these are the people that he comes and spends all this time with every Sunday and who he went to camp with. So I think it would be awesome for us to put a face and names to, to what it is. And so we want to be a great witness to them. So you're welcome to come if you want. I don't have the address. If you, you can get it from Mark. Get it from Mark. <laughs>